0: You are locked on Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: I am Jeff Garcia, and you are listening to Locked On Spurs. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs, right here on the Locked On NBA Network and uh, North San Antonio Spurs. Got a point guard back. No, not DeJounte Murray. They got themselves Derek White, who made his regular season debut yesterday in the loss to Miami. And yes, as painful as that loss to the Heat may have been, we're actually not going to be talking about that. We're actually going to put in the spotlight the point guard position. With Derek back, Forbes being pushed back to his shooting guard spot, and obviously DeJounte Murray likely out for the season, popped up this little tidbit, if you will, uh, yesterday from uh, Bill Simmons, um, who's reporting that there's some beef or some issues with Celtics' Terry Rozier, and that uh, an interesting landing spot could be with the San Antonio Spurs. So I couldn't figure a better person to turn to than the man who knows the Celtics, um, my friend, my fellow locked-on NBAer. Co-host of Lockdown Celtics, John Corrales. John, welcome to Lockdown Spurs. Oh, man, I can't wait. Can't wait. Let's do this. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Not a problem. Hey, so um, you know, just briefly, you know, Derek White, he made his uh, regular season debut. Uh, he is um, the presumptive point guard after DeJounte Murray got hurt. And then, lo and behold, days later in the preseason, he White got busted up, uh, tore his heel, a muscle in the heel. But he is back. Uh, before we dive into Rozier, you know, you covered the NBA. Let me make that very clear to the listener. John, he is the guru when it comes to Celtics, but he also is a co-host of Locked in NBA. So he knows a little bit about everything, including your Spurs. John, bringing back a true point guard, a natural point guard to the spot that the Spurs have issues with right now, how big is that for San Antonio? Well,
0: I mean, th- that's been the 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 whole reason why we're even here is that San Antonio's been having trouble with their point guard spot, and uh, with with those injuries, they're looking at trying to fill something long term, right? So Terry mm-hmm. Rozier is one of those guys that they're looking at, but to have a true point guard for uh, you know in, in Derek White, that's that, that's a. I mean, that's a big deal to to have a guy that can at least solidify that spot, because that I think sets everyone else in their spots. Uh, guys can play more natural positions, and yeah. th- this way you can at least have like without without a point guard, you're uh, asking Demar Derozan to handle yeah. a point. Which I mean, it's fine. He can he can help, and he had eight assists against the uh, the Heat in a game where he didn't shoot particularly well, but. He can see the floor, but he's not a point guard. That's not his yeah. role, and it's great for other guys to step up. You know the the whole mentality of next man up. But point is, you you can't have guys being being asked to do that for too long. So Derek White, I don't know how good he's going to be necessarily overall. He didn't play much against Miami. Uh, didn't do much against Miami, but. Did have the three assists in about sixteen minutes, and he can at least set guys up and handle capably, solidly a a point guard position that allows other players to kind of focus on their own roles. And when that's available, then those guys can more uh, they can perform a little bit better. You know, Patty yeah. Mills can do what he did against Miami a little bit more uh, than you know when you're asking him to do too much. So. I think I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what Derek white is going to be in the long run, but just his ability to just, okay, that's our point guard. Our right. point guard situation is set. You know, like you said, Forbes moves to a more natural position to moves to a natural, natural position that that's, I think the net effect of, of him coming back.
1: Yeah. Look, um, that's kind of been the issue with Derek white. Um, for those of y'all who are just tuning in, um, you know white um at least in san antonio and i know obviously i know john you're going to be promoting this show to your celtics uh, listeners so just to fill them in uh he's a promising guy he's only a second year pro he's been tearing up the g league he led the austin spurs to the g league uh, title last season he tears up the summer league he just hasn't been proven in the nba level he has all the physical too he's a big guard he's six foot four um He's a four-year college guy. You know, he wasn't a one-and-done guy, so he comes in with a very, um, you, you know, high basketball IQ. Uh, in the spot minutes he got in the preseason before he went down with injury, he was showing that he can be that natural leader, that natural point guard, especially when DeJounte Murray went down. It wasn't uncommon for him to be scoring double digit points in the preseason and handing out close to double digit assists. But then of course he got whacked with the injury but bug and then he's out. Now you mentioned that against Miami he didn't shoot the ball well for three, but that's gonna come with time. You know he that was just his first game back and you know let's face it. Um right. was anybody wanting to drive against white side yesterday night i mean the guy was just a beast but nevertheless how big is that for a point guard to play the tough that's the toughest position on an nba team and then you're in san antonio with popovich and you're you're the backup to Dejounte Murray. now he's gone now all eyes on you that must put a lot of pressure on on just not only him as a point guard but any player coming in well,
0: I, I w- would think that as a player, you know, when you go into San Antonio, there's a pressure that naturally exists. Uh, mm-hmm. San Antonio has had such a long run of sustained success. And this is a, this is a tough time. It's a transition for San Antonio. To, and to be the point guard, imagine being the, the first point guard. Okay, J- Murray is, is supposed to be this guy, but now he's gone down. Tony yeah. Parker is gone. This is the right. first season that Tony Parker is gone, and now you're asking White to come in and be like, "All right, you are now really going to be <laughs> the, the the first post uh, TP point guard." Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot, and look, like, he he does have a maturity. It's a little bit different that you know, being that four year college player going through mm-hmm. the G League and and a playoff in the G League, although the co- level of competition is much different. But he's Mm -hmm. older, so he's able to, I think, accept that role a little bit more. He's a little more uh, prepared to handle that role. Mm -hmm. But look, you're playing for Greg Popovich. And, (laughs) you know, Pop Pop does things like pull all five starters, you know, uh, seven minutes (laughs) into the game when they're not playing well. So that's the type of thing that you've got to be prepared for. Really, no other coach in the league does something like that. So, there is a pressure, but at the same time, it's almost like college. Like when the the coach coaches in the NBA don't have the the level of power that Pop nor that that Pop right. does. It, it's normally a much more of a players' league. Only a select few coaches kind of have that authority to to kind of behave that way. In colleges, it, it, the coach goes. Colleges are the coaches' leagues. Right. And, and so for, for him, I'm sure there's a little bit of familiarity with that level of coach authority. So, but pressure is always there. Pressure is always there Mm -hmm. in the NBA anyway. And pressure is especially there. I think in San Antonio, when they have made a decision, I guess they're not rebuilding They're They're kind of retooling,
1: Mm -hmm. or if
0: you want to say rebuilding, they're trying to rebuild on the fly. Right. where they're they're clearly not a championship contender this year. They're clearly on a down year and, and they're because of the West being as as tough as it is, there are many people who don't even think that the the Spurs could make the playoffs right now, mm-hmm. especially considering their injuries. But a, a missing the playoffs is not like the uh Sixers tanking as part of the mm-hmm. process where you got multiple years that you're gonna be losing. Pop, Pop's not down with that. Pop's seven years old. He's, he's done with rebuilding. He doesn't have a lot of time to rebuild. He wants to see if they can retool real quick and keep his promise to Aldridge to stick around and see this whole thing through. And that means that you have to take a team that's, as a point guard, that's not necessarily built... To be the uh, best team in the West, but try, mm-hmm. but try to raise the game. A point guard is the—he's the guy that, as he's bringing the ball up, sees the entire floor. He sets players up. He has to make sure that the 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 big the big dogs eat, as they say. Got to mm-hmm. make sure that DeRozan gets the ball in the right spot. Got to make sure that Marcus gets the ball in the right spot. You know, he, when he's on the floor, he's got to make sure that those guys get fed while also making sure that the right offense is run, the right reads are read and the mm-hmm. right cuts and passes are made. So yeah, he, he's got a lot on his plate and, you know, we'll see, we'll see how he handles it. He's had some success at lower levels, mm-hmm. but this is the NBA. And the one thing that I know for sure, the G league and summer league are not the NBA and it's mm-hmm. certainly not the NBA Western conference. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wish him all the luck. He, he seems capable, but as long as he understands his abilities and he he does his job, I'll, I'll use the Bill Belichick New England Patriots mantra: "Do your job." And if he mm-hmm. does his job and just does his job well, then then the Spurs can can maybe surprise some teams and, and sneak up on somebody in the West.
1: Yeah, you you mentioned the G League um, and the uh, summer league. You know, this is probably why a lot of Spurs fans are salivating at the possibility of what White can be on the NBA level. Uh, you're talking about a guy who averaged last season with Austin uh, 24.8 points per game, 4.8 rebounds and four assists. And then he was the only uh, player in the G League last year to average at least 20 points, five rebounds, three assists as a steal and a block. So there's a lot of potential there. And yes, you're right. That is the G League. That's a totally different level than playing with the big boys in the NBA. Uh, So there's a promise there. There's the potential there. Um, for at least for one year in his rookie season, he shined just on the NBA level, uh, up in Austin. So look, you give him Mulligan, it was his first game back last night versus Miami, you know, the Spurs as a whole look flat, um, you know, they, they came in without Rudy Gay, without Paul Gasol. We, We know about Murray, he's not playing. They, they just had a bad night, you know, again, you know, but, uh, with White being in the spotlight right now, we'll get to Rozier in a few seconds, um, You're looking at a guy who, okay, fine. Once he gets his legs under him after the Miami game next to Houston, uh, you know, that pushes Bryn Forbes, who's played admirably in his uh, absence, well, filling in for the point guard spot that is, uh, uh, 12.7 points per game in the first nine games, you know, really giving his all on the defensive end. He's not known for a defender, uh, but he filled in naturally. But he now moves to his shooting guard spot. He's comfortable there. You mentioned DeMar DeRozan. He goes back to being DeMar DeRozan and just uh on the offensive end. And um, hopefully he'll just provide stability at the point guard spot. But, uh, Joe, before – I'm sorry, uh, uh, John, before we move on, um, you, you're looking at the point guard spot in the West, and you're asking not only a guy who's in his second year to take the reins in San Antonio – oh, but by the way, The next game up is going to be against James Harden and Chris Paul. Oh, and and by the way, down the road, you've got guys like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Donovan Mitchell, et cetera, et cetera. Look, um, you're you're not only asking a lot from Derek White to come back and fill in for DeJounte Murray. You're asking him to go up against some of the upper-crust point guards in the NBA, right on the West. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: that's not easy that's not easy um so let me just start by saying this i'm going to ask everybody i know you know the answer but just for a second let's pause everybody who's listening to this podcast not a celtics fan do you know who abdel nader is okay now as you're trying to figure out who the hell abdel nader is jeff you I don't know if you... You might not even know who Abdel Nader is because he's an end-of-bench Celtics guy who's not even on the Celtics anymore. Do you remember any, any of Abdel Nader? No, with, I don't. with the Celtics? No, you don't? No, no. Of course not. No. Right. Now, Abdel Nader was the uh, 2016-17 uh, Development League Rookie of the Year. Okay? So that was two seasons ago. He was the then D-League, now G-League, mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year. He averaged... 21.3 points a game, uh, 5.4 re- no, I'm sorry, 6.2 rebounds, 3.7 assists, on 35% shooting from three. So, those are tremendous numbers. Tremendous numbers out of the G League. He could not make the Celtics. He is, I think, now at the end of the Oklahoma City bench. Mm-hmm. And he just... So, My point in all of this is that just caution to everybody when you see he did blah, blah, blah in the G League just doesn't translate. It doesn't always translate. Sometimes it might, but just because somebody's had success in the G League, I've seen RJ Hunter and James Young and other players go to the G League and play extraordinarily well. James Young tore up the G league and he's, he's basically out of the NBA now. So um, just keep that in mind. And I, I I hope that white has a much different road for you guys, Mm -hmm. but yeah, look, this is the golden age of the point guard. All the best players are the point guards. Now I'm old enough to remember where a point guard, like, like James Harden is well before Chris Paul, but he spent the season as the point guard. Steph Curry is a point guard. That would not be a point guard 15 years ago. When I right. was growing up, and I'm sure a lot of people listening would remember the same thing, point guard is the guy who gets the ball, distributes the ball, sets everybody else up. He is almost always the fifth option scoring. In the old school days, the point guard was... The fifth option scoring, and it was the rare point guard, like a Gary Payton, who was the the scoring point guard, and that was the exception, not the rule. Now, every point guard out there is scoring. Point guards lead the NBA in scoring regularly, like you said, Westbrook, Steph Curry, mm-hmm. you know, Kyrie in Boston, like yeah. all of the, you know, I, and I'm I'm just naming a few. They're the whole league is full of point guards. You can get point guards all over the place that are capable. And so the thing about white is is that he just needs to be able to run that offense. He, they don't need him to be the guy. That's not his role in all of this. His role is to go out and make sure that the other guys are set up. Like Mm -hmm. I said, so you know that DeRozan and that Aldridge are supposed to be your main scorers. Your whole point is to get those guys in position so they can take makeable shots. That way, when LaMarcus, shoot, LaMarcus shoots 2 of 14 like he did against the Miami Heat, he can sit there and say, well, I got my shots. I got the shots I was supposed to get. I just didn't make them. Now, no. that so White is supposed to just set people up. So if he's on the floor and Bertans is going off like he's going, he's mm-hmm. going to have the wherewithal to say, this dude's hot, okay? I'm... And when he looks off, let's say, hypothetically, Lamarcus, comes, Lamarcus sets a pick and he rolls and he's wide open. But Bertans has hit three threes in a row and he's open on the opposite side you know what? I'm hitting Bertons with that just to see if, you you know, stay hot. And if Lamarcus gets in my face as a point guard, now I have to be a floor general and say, look, yeah, nine times out of 10, I'm giving you that ball, but that dude was hot and he was open from three and I had to get him one more shot there. I'm going to get you that shot nine, the next nine times, but you have to understand that that situation called for Bertons to get that shot. And Mm -hmm. because you know so that's that's the challenge of a point guard and then on the defensive end he's just got to make sure that he is executing the spurs defensive principles when they're playing pick and roll when russell westbrook is playing pick and roll you got to make sure you're in the right place if you're supposed to go over that pick you're supposed to go under that pick if you're supposed to switch that pick whatever pop wants You're gonna make sure that you execute execute that as crisply and precisely as possible. That's your job. He's not gonna stop those guys. You can't get caught up in the. I have to stop. Like just contain and force those guys into the least efficient shot that you can force them into. Understanding that no one stops these elite point guards. You know, everywhere you turn, there's an elite point guard, especially in the West. That's going to burn you at some point. You got to stay in the moment. Which means if you get burned, don't let that sit there in your head. You have to let that go and just understand this is how we burned me okay. Next time, I'm going to watch for this particular move, how it set me up, whatever, whatever. If that is – if it's stuck in your head like, oh, man, I can't believe I got roasted. I might have Mm -hmm. to sit. If I get roasted again, Pop's going to pull me. Well, you know what's going to happen? You are going to get roasted again because your head's not in the game. You got to let it go, man. And it's like the closure mentality in baseball. If you give up a home run as a closer, it doesn't matter. You got to get the next guy out. If you're a a defender, especially if you're defending these elite players in the NBA, you cannot get caught up in the fact that Russell Westbrook just juked you, went by you, and dunked like he almost tried to rip the rim off of the backboard. You got to be like, okay, process it. This is what happened there. Okay, next. I got to, now I got to run the defense. Then I got to come back. I got to defend this guy again. And if you let that stay in your head, you're going to end up on that bench and you're never going to really play again.
1: Yeah, and I uh, not forget um with today's NBA this season would defenses almost be non-existent now thanks to the new rule change. It's going to happen more often than not. And for a young guy like Dirk White, um just be ready for that. Know that that's coming because we didn't even touch, scratch the surface of the point guards in the West. There's still C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard. (laughs) You know, it gets worse. You know, it's just so heavy. So, look, White is back. The positive is stability at the point guard, a true point guard, a big point guard, pushes Bryn Forbes back to his natural spot. Also did him a favor as well in case they do need him to step in for White if he's having a bad game. Uh, to run the team i think that's also you know a silver lining and all this and uh, just just really just has a calming force and the spurs don't feel panicked like okay we, we gotta turn it over to a guy who's not really a point guard damar Bryn, patty mills uh now we have a point guard in the def- in and the definition of it with white uh john we're gonna take our first break when we get back though Uh, We're going to talk about uh, somebody you're familiar with who's maybe not too happy in Boston. Uh, So we'll be right back. All right. We are back, and I'm joined by John Corrales, uh, co-host of Locked On Celtics as well as Locked On NBA. Uh, John, where can listeners find you uh, when they want to hear some Celtics or just generic NBA talk?
0: Well, I mean – Get me on Twitter, uh, Reds Army underscore John. Anything I do, I'll tweet out. That, that is for sure. But obviously, you search for Locked On Celtics. I do my Locked On Celtics podcast five days a week. I'm on the Wednesday Locked On NBA show with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. So uh, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast because that's a lot of fun. And, of course, if, if my writing, uh, I'm doing a lot of writing now, uh, my subscription on patreon.com slash john corrales uh on top of my celtics coverage today i just released uh, my first college scouting report which was the uh the duke kentucky game i scouted duke's three big freshmen uh, mm. zion williamson cam reddish and rj barrett so i have my my first scouting report on those three guys and uh, uh interesting stuff uh uh Did not just as a tease. I'm not as high as RJ on RJ Barrett after game one than uh, most people are. So um, if you want that, you go to Patreon.com/slash John Corrales.
1: But gee, I wonder who you're really high on. Can start with the letter Z. I mean, my goodness, was that guy just an animal
0: yesterday the other night? High on (laughs) yeah, Uh, yeah. He uh, the on top of the um, the obvious stuff that he did. The, which he is just a ridiculous athlete. I mean, it's not fair that a guy who's 6'7", like 285, and I'm not so sure that 285 is accurate either. He's a uh, big, he big bad. dude. Yeah, you look huge. But a guy that's, even if, it, if that is accurate, that's, he shouldn't be able to move like that. It's just not fair. And some of the things that impress me beyond the athleticism, uh, I have a little bit about his post play which I'm, I'm, people may or may not know this, but I'm a big aficionado of post play. I love good post play because um, I grew up when I was playing, kind of learning the post and, and my influences were Kevin McHale and Jack Sigma and, you know, all of those great low post players. So I, I'm a big fan of that. And he just showed a little bit of, of, of that, I, that that I really liked. and His passing was just, Phenomenal, uh, yeah. just in the few few really great passes that he that he showed. But uh, yeah, it was it's really interesting, I and mean, he he could be something special.
1: Yeah. So for those of y'all who are interested in uh, knowing about uh, the trio that John wrote about, just make sure to go uh, to his uh, Twitter page that uh, he mentioned right now and uh, subscribe to his Patreon. And, and for those of y'all uh, Spurs fans that are listening in right now, you you know that are on Team Tank. I know there's a segment of Spurs fans out there that are wanting the Spurs to tank the season. Who knows? Maybe they didn't go that route or that happens. You know, John has the information for you regarding a few college players. All right. So let's go to dive into the uh, second big topic of this episode of Lockdown Spurs. And uh, John, a uh, familiar face in your neck of the woods in Boston and, you know, um, kind of a Boston guy, uh, Bill Simmons, uh, touched on the situation. Uh, between the Celtics and Terry Rozier right now And, and in a nutshell, it's not good Basically uh, Looks like he wants out of there And I know you'll correct everything what Simmons had to say But in a nutshell Simmons mm-hmm. tossed out a few few names A uh, few clubs And in there was San Antonio We talked about the point guard position In the first half of the show And that being kind of iffy for San Antonio Thanks to the injury bug But If things go south and they really do go south where he really wants out, and he's gone. What do you make of Terry Rozier? What is going on in Boston with East, with him, and the and the franchise? And your thoughts on how he would fit in San Antonio if, for some reason, he were to wear the silver black uniform this season? Well, I, I'm
0: going to just say I, I just absolutely do not believe that he will be traded this season. Okay, I don't think I don't think that. they're going to get to that point, even if this report is, is true. Um, and, and I have questions about the, I want to phrase this the right way. I have questions about the exact accuracy of who is upset here. Okay. Um, so, there's no doubt there's no doubt that Terry Rozier wants to play more that, that i'm i'm positive of that uh, but so so does everyone else I think on the Celtics bench that that's pretty clear Terry Rozier probably wants to play like thirty two to thirty five minutes a game <laughs>
1: that ain't it ain't happening
0: it's not it's not happening <laughs> in boston not not when everybody's yeah. healthy. It happened last year when everybody was hurt and he stepped in and was the point guard for the hospital Celtics. But that team is gone. This is a healthy Celtics team and it's a healthy Celtics team that needs to figure out its own identity and to figure out uh, their offensive flow and who's getting shots when. And that starts with the starters who are Kyrie Irving Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Al Horford. Those are your starting five. That's your starting five. That's not going to change. Yeah, and if it changes, change. if, by some reason, it changes, it's not going to be to put Terry Rozier in the in the starting lineup. If they ever decide to change the starting lineup, it would be to insert Aaron Baines, and that would mean maybe Jalen Brown or one of the other guys, Jason Tatum, yeah. maybe Gordon. Like, like You know what I mean? So, Let's just quell this. So Terry Rozier, as long as the Celtics are healthy, is going to get 20 to 25 minutes a game. That's it.
1: And that's good yeah. enough. I mean, you would think that'd be more than enough for him. Well,
0: it, it, it is in a way, but the thing about Terry Rozier is that he needs minutes to be effective. He needs like 30 to 35 minutes to be effective. That's when he's at his best last year. When he played 30 to 35 minutes, his efficiency went up. He shot, I think, is like eight percentage points better. He scored uh, a point and a half more in the fourth quarter than he did in the first quarter. He is a guy that needs shots to get going. He is an inefficient scorer. His, His overall shooting percentage is not great. He can go on streaks. He's a very streaky shooter when he gets hot. He will stay hot for a little bit. So just, but that's, that's part of why he needs the minutes. If he's going to be the point guard, if he's going to be the guy, then he needs to be the guy and get those minutes so he can get those shots. Uh, he, the other thing about Terry Rozier is that he is not the best passer in the world. He mm-hmm. doesn't have the best court vision in the world. Uh, the things that he does well, uh, he can drive, but he's not the best finisher. He's not great around the rim. He misses a lot of lamps around the rim when he drives. He's he's good in the he's good in the catch and shoot. He's better as the game goes along. He is an elite rebounder for a guard. As far as guards go, there will be no better guard rebounding than Terry Rozier. He has just got a nose for it. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. Like when you look at him, if he, if he ever does become a spur, you just gonna. I guarantee you the first thing you guys are going to start to realize like, holy crap, this guy's really going in for these rebounds. Like he skies for rebounds. It's insane. Uh, He's a, he's a good defender, uh, but he, he misses reads. He misses passes. He's not great at throwing lobs. He is, uh, like I said, he's inefficient. He just needs that time on the floor. So part of his frustration, if, and I'm sure he's frustrated. The question is, how frustrated is he and, and how far is this going to go? Um, is he going to be disruptive? Like This is where I have some issues with Bill Simmons' characterization of the situation. Mm-hmm. He says, and I'm reading his tweet directly word has gotten around the league and everyone knows the Celtics need to trade him. I don't think they're at a point where they need to trade him. I, I am going to guess and this is my own guess is that Terry Rozier didn't come out to Bill Simmons and say I'm pissed off. I need to get out of right. here. I'm betting I'm just guessing that somebody close to Terry Rozier is not happy with Terry Rozier's minutes and has spoken to Terry Rozier and Terry Rozier wishes he played more. And the person close to Terry Rozier is probably pissed off and wants the best for Terry Rozier and is trying to express this to somebody else. And that got around the league. Um, part of the problem in Boston is not just the minutes crunch, is that they're, they're six and four, they've struggled a little bit. And when you're a good player, Terry Rosier a good player, sitting on the bench saying, Okay, I'm going to accept my role, but your role isn't part of the finishing lineup and it's not to play necessarily a lot down the stretch, and you're watching the team lose and struggle, then then you can be frustrated. Then mm-hmm. you could be the guy that goes home. Like this, again, just guessing, just speculating, just throwing out a scenario. Terry Rozier could have been pissed about the Denver game and gone home and talked to a couple of his buddies and said, you know, bleep, bleep, bleep. You know, why am I not playing? Like, I can't believe I should have been out there. I could have finished that game off. I could have stopped Jamal Murray from scoring 48 and blah, 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 blah. And then that's part of what gets around. Like it's it could be as simple as someone relaying uh, a frustrated Terry Rozier venting to his friends.
1: Um, but the but, selfies... but, but but how would San Antonio fit into this? You know, I mean, okay. that's the thing. So, you know, t- 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 I don't see how he would fit because, you know, look, they got White back. Um, yeah, well, that's a question. Burry, I, okay, go ahead. No,
0: I'm sorry. I, I don't know how they fit. Other than Bill Simmons said an intriguing possibility is, is the Spurs. And so, because he mentioned the Spurs, the Spurs, like the Spurs need stability at their point guard spot. They need somebody to go out there to handle that spot on a regular basis. So, would the Spurs do something like trade for Terry Rozier? I don't think they're going to sign Terry Rozier as a free agent. Yeah, uh, I don't think so either. Right? So, I'll be honest with you, like, and this is where the internet kind of throws all of us into a little bit of a loop. Bill Simmons says, you know, Spurs are interesting. They could be intriguing. Okay, well, that's just one guy guessing. Mm -hmm. You look at Spurs' situation, and maybe some Spurs fans would love Terry Rozier, but what are you doing to get him? You know, who are you trading to get Terry Rozier. Um, one of the problems with trading for Terry Rozier is that he's at the tail end of his rookie contract. So he's only making $3 million. So there is a matter of matching salaries. And the Celtics are a taxpaying team. The Spurs right now are a taxpaying team. So you have to match salaries. So who are, who are you giving up? Are you giving up Bryn Forbes to, to get Terry no,
1: Rozier? They're not going to do that.
0: They're not going to do that. Yeah. And, and I don't know if the Celtics are interested in that at the same time. You know, are you going to give up Jakob Pertle for Terry Rozier? No. I mean, he's, a, he's nope. a promising guy who makes. He's on a rookie contract. Like, that's a guy you want to keep around. You're not going to give up Lonnie Walker. You know, that <laughs> I'm just looking at salaries that. No, you're be-
1: right. Yeah.
0: None I mean, of that stuff matches. Doesn't make sense. So they're going to wait for. Um, they're going to wait for the injuries to clear up. They're going to wait for Dejounte Murray to come back and be their guy. And the Rozier rumors for San Antonio are just speculation. And I, I don't think that that's ever going to materialize.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I'm there with you. Look, um, you know, obviously the uh, Spurs. You know, one thing they have not been known for in recent years is has been athleticism. Hey, you know, you've heard it before. The Spurs are just pretty much vanilla. You know, go in, get the job done. No flash, no nothing. Sure. Just uh, pick up Ws. And, you know, now they're starting to trend that way, you know, with Walker when he does come back. You know, it's funny. I, I forgot about Lonnie, you know, another dynamic guard the Spurs can toss out there on the court. You know, Dirk White, you know, he's their guy for now until Murray gets back. And then when Murray does come back, again, a very athletic, um, long – um, you know, slashing type of guard that can get to the rim. And, and by the way, I, I, I do disagree with you. I think DeJounte Murray is a better rebounding guard than Terry Rozier. But, you, you know, so I think what they have in Murray can pretty much just be what is possibly in with uh, Rozier. Um, now, moving forward, though, Let's just say it doesn't have work with San Antonio. Let's just toss that that team out there, just toss it out there to stir the pot. At the end of the day, is he still going to be a Celtic once uh, the dust settles?
0: I think he's going to be a Celtic for the rest of the season. I I don't see them getting to a point where he is um, so frustrated that he feels like he has to get out of Boston. Um, Mm -hmm. I, 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 just see, like I was saying before, a lot of this stems from the Celtics struggling right now. Once the Celtics start winning, then he can't say much about, um, his playing time. And I would expect by the time this podcast is out and by the time people listen to it on Thursday, that Terry Rozier in the morning shoot around before they play the suns will address this and say, no, that's not true. And I'm, I'm perfectly happy playing in this role, being on this team, playing for Brad Stevens. Look, Terry Rozier is going to be a restricted free agent. And there's a lot of competition out there. It is in Terry Rozier's best interest to be a good teammate and for his agent to say, look, when Terry Rozier got these three-plus minutes a game, this is the type of player he was. And he's a guy that can be your starting point guard and do well for you. And he'll do well for a lot of teams. And at the same time, when he was in this role, he went to the backup role. He was a good soldier. He said all the right things. He did all the right things. He was a good teammate. The reports were never true. They came from some friend of his because the guy came home from a bad day at work, and he vented about being, you know, things not being how he wanted to be at work. And that, I think, is the culmination of just that, that's where this report came from. And just to put it in, in layman's terms – Anybody who's listening, if you've had a bad day at work and you've complained about your coworkers or complained about they're not using you right at work somehow, they're not giving you the right jobs, the right assignments, if you've ever done that, then now you understand where the genesis of this report Mm -hmm. has come from. This is exactly the same type of thing. But it's never going to get, I don't think, as disruptive as it sounds in that tweet. The Celtics don't need to trade him. They can, I think it's in the Celtics' best interest to keep him and to, um, to, to find the right role for him. And maybe they need to tweak his role so the 20 to 25 minutes that he gets are more productive. That's on Brad Stevens. But I just don't see it getting to a point where he is traded this season. I don't see him coming back to the Celtics next season. I see him on another team after the summer. Like, I definitely think this is the last year of Terry Rozier. But I thought that before the season started. So it's not like this is changing my mind. I've always thought this was going to be the last season of Terry Rozier with the one asterisk is if Marcus Smart is used in a, a trade for a superstar at the trade deadline, then Terry Rozier becomes much more important and they might want to keep him. Mm-hmm. But I, other than that, this is I think this is always going, to be, always going to be the last season for him. And but I do think he finishes off the season.
1: All right. Uh, looks like, uh, at least according to John, uh, any uh, Spurs fans that are hoping to see uh, Scary Cherry in silver and black likely won't happen. John, you brought up some good points regarding the Spurs uh, cap situation, player situation, asset situation. Uh, you know, I think, and in, 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 I've been covering this team for quite some time, uh, they usually, you know, go to war with whoever starts the season with them, and they rarely make any type of sizable trade or, or even – um, kind of a mid-sizable trade anytime during the uh, regular season. I mean, I mean, for the life of me, I, I think maybe Richard Jefferson uh, was um, – or Steven Jackson was maybe like they're one of their last quote-unquote big moves during a season. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, plus two, you know, with the amount of instability the point guard spot has already been um, at least going through in San Antonio – why you want to start all over again, bringing in who's not to, to learn a Spurs system learn new teammates, you know, down the road in the season, you know, if things don't get well between him and Celtics. And, uh, you know, I think it just caused I think the long game is probably better for San Antonio. Just wait it out. Wait till Murray gets back. Why? It'll be fine. Forbes got some run. Mills can hang in there if he needs to hang in the point guard spot, and of course Lonnie Walker once he gets back and hopefully he can do that too. But uh, John and I we're going to take our final break. When we get back, we're going to put a wrap on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Okay, we are back, and uh, John, let's going to put a wrap on this. Um, how are your Celtics doing? You mentioned it kind of teased a little <laughs> bit, not, not 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 too hot.
0: Yeah, yeah, Celtics. Are struggling right now, uh, just with their shot selection. Their offense is just, just disjointed. Uh, I, I think just the some interesting things are happening. The guys are, are are really trying to find their roles. You, you got a lot of really good players on this team, and they're all just trying to figure out how they fit. So Kyrie is is doing some Kyrie things, but he also had like a three point game against the Pistons where he became a, a big distributor. And mm-hmm. I, I just between him and Tatum and, and Hayward, they're, they're all trying to figure out where, where their offense is going to come from. Uh, they're all still struggling a little bit to just kind of find out who's going to get the shots, um, when they're going to get the shots. And when I think the biggest problem is, uh, and you look at the Denver game, They had a big, huge first quarter in the Denver game. It was a beautiful first quarter. Probably their best quarter of the season. And, I I mean, after that, I was just like, man, this is the the Celtics team that I I was looking at. They looked fantastic. And That was – if you just only watched that first quarter and said, okay, this is the Celtics team that's probably going to face the Warriors. But then they they hit a little bit of a lull. And I think what happens when the Celtics hit a lull, a couple of guys decide – Okay, I'm going to go off on my own and get us a couple of buckets so we can get back on track. And the the problem with that is they don't always get those buckets. And when they start to go off on their own, other things break down and, and they start taking long twos. They're very prone to the long two, which they don't hit very often. And if, if you're not hitting that long too, what you're doing is you're giving up long rebounds, and those long rebounds inevitably lead to transition opportunities for the other team. And whatever lead that they end up having ends up kind of slipping away because the other team is getting easy buckets, drawing fouls, and then that leads to some frustration, and then guys start getting away from the things that really made the, the, the offense work. Right. In that first quarter against Denver, they, they, they had a point of emphasis to get the ball into the paint, get paint touches, move the ball side to side, and really rotate. And they did that and they looked great. And then they got away from that and they looked terrible. So if, if anything, Brad Stevens has evidence that says if you do this and you consistently do this, then we will succeed. If you don't do this, we're going to fail. And that that's basically it. It's as simple as that. They, they just all have to play together, be on the same page offensively, and trust that if they play the right way, if they, if they move the ball, it's going to find the right guys at the right time, and, and that's going to mean everybody gets a shot to score easy baskets.
1: Yeah, and uh, look, it, it, the Celtics, I think they'll, they'll be fine as the season moves on. You know, what is it, just 10 games under their belt? Um, you know, everybody's back. You know, you got Hayward finding his way and Irving finding his way. And, you know, yeah, I mean, hopefully this thing with Rozier um, gets smoothed over. And they'll they'll hit their stride soon, um, and and of course you know as long as um, Jamal Murray doesn't pull that stunt again that you had an issue with and sort of trying to you know trying to uh, up what was He's trying to up the score just pretty much he was gunning for fifty he wanted that fifty He back.
0: wanted that fifty he wanted fifty yeah, yeah for sure Tyree didn't uh, Tyree didn't like it no no he paid twenty five thousand dollars for the opportunity to throw the ball into the stands uh, basically look. I, look some fans don't care, and I get it. Uh, I think the issue is when you, you've got 48 and the clock is running down, it's like five seconds left, and it, yeah. it's over. It's over. The game's over. You won. You got your 48. To, get, to go for that 50, I know it's, that's the big number, but to the, bat, to the player, it's like, well, we've stopped, we've stopped trying to defend you. So, yeah. that's it. like, we quit, you quit, like, that's it, you got that, 48's your number, and I just think Jamal Murray really just got caught up in that moment, I don't think I, he thought I it was that to a deal, yeah. and, and it's not the biggest deal in the world, we talk about it and we, you know, react, but it's not the biggest deal in the world, but there there is a, a feeling of disrespect, like, okay, you got us, you got us for 48, and, and it's just that one extra punch, it's like, if you're in a boxing match, and you're, beating the crap out of me then the bell goes off and you hit me one more time yeah yeah was that necessary yeah you know like you you already beat the crap out of me like the bell sounded and you threw one more punch like we get it and and that's (laughs) i think disrespect that's where the disrespect comes in and why players are upset like we we all entered into this social contract where we tried to defend you, and you scored on us anyway, and that was it. That was the end of the story. And you still had to get one more shot in. Well, now F you. That's it. So, well, he,
1: well, he did, he did uh, um, uh, give a warning to uh, Murray saying, we'll let you slide this time, but right. don't let it happen again.
0: We'll see what happens the next time they play. I would not be surprised if Marcus Smart, the first time he's in the game, <laughs> when they play. I don't think they play till March. But I wouldn't be surprised if in March, Marcus Smart, just the, the first time Jamal Murray enters the lane, or first time he has an opportunity, mm-hmm. there is going to be a hard foul. Jamal Murray is going to be on his butt in the middle of the lane in that game at some point.
1: Hey, and to um, you know, let everybody know how they can read some of your um, well-thought-out um, Celtics articles, um, your general NBA stuff, where can fans once again tune into you read what you have? Uh, tell us everything, John.
0: So, okay. So redsarmy.com is my blog. It's my free content. So I wrote when the rumors for Rozier came out, I wrote on Redsarmy.com my reaction. So you get like a thousand word reaction on redsarmy.com about Terry Rozier. Uh, I do work for Boston.com, uh, a lot of breakdowns and kind of like review, weekend review type stuff. Uh, my Patreon, patreon.com slash John Corrales, uh, where amongst the things that I do, uh, previews of games, breakdowns, more in-depth breakdowns, and of course that college scouting. Lockdown Celtics podcast, locked on NBA podcast. What else do I do?
1: Lockdown Spurs, at least for this time.
0: Lockdown Spurs every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you but know. I think
1: you're... You're only charging with two bucks for the Patreon, right? I mean, it's nothing ridiculous, two right? Month.
0: Two bucks a month. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my my hope is that there's volume there, that there's enough people that subscribe that two bucks a month is, is cheap for you, but also enough people subscribe where I make, you know, uh, my living. Yeah. This is my living. Like, this is what I do. I don't have another job. This is what I do. So all of these things that I'm talking about are the things that pay me and pay my bills. So... Um yeah, hopefully, hopefully it works out.
1: Yeah. So please go subscribe to John's uh Patreon account, follow him on Twitter, go to Red, just just pretty much Google his name, and there's like a tons of places you can find yeah. him. Yeah, and um, and of course, as always, subscribe to Locked On NBA, locked on Celtics, and as mentioned, join John's Patreon page. But uh John, thanks for uh hopping on this episode of Locked On Sports, giving us your knowledge. On uh, the Rozier situation, you know that floated little tidbit about San Antonio being Mm -hmm. to them, and of course uh, weighing in on Derek White. We appreciate you taking time out on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. But for John Corrales, I am Jeff Garcia. We're gonna put a lot on this episode of Lockdown Spurs.